What does it take to make workshops work? And how can we facilitate collaboration that sticks and leads to results? My name is Miriam Hartness, and with the Workshops Work podcast, I am on the mission to find the magic ingredients that make workshops work. Today with me on the show is Sam McNeil, and we speak about music and songwriting and how you can use songwriting for a workshop and about the beautiful effects this can have. So stay tuned. And by the way, if you don't have pen and paper at hand to take your own notes, scroll down to the show notes to download my free one-page summary. And now, lean back to be inspired. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And you are already tuning your guitar. And now I cannot wait to find an opportunity to make you play the guitar for me and the audience. Because we will talk about music. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that you have a background in classical music. Correct. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Full-fledged musician. And before you answer this one, do you also still call yourself a facilitator? I call myself a facilitator. Well, I, I think I probably wear a few a few hats. Facilitator is definitely one of them. Musician, vocalist, entertainer, singer, songwriter. I'm all of those things. Yeah, I would say I started in the classical world. At school, I had a, I had a choral scholarship as a, as a, as a singer. Uh, when I was in my, ooh, somewhere between the ages of 10 and 15, I spent five years with Opera Australia in the children's chorus singing, which was an amazing experience, singing at the Opera House every night. Um, in Sydney. In Sydney. Correct. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it was lovely. And then I finished school and I did a Bachelor of Music Studies, majoring in classical voice at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music. But if I'm being completely honest, my classical career probably didn't go much further after university. I did a few um, amateur operas, semi-professional operas, and then, I don't know, for me, I fell in love with, well, workshop facilitation uh, being one thing. Being a singer-songwriter, being playing in different bands, in indie bands, and and things like that, and yeah, and the classical the classical stuff sort of fell away a little bit. But uh, still, obviously, wh where I learnt my skill and uh, something I'm I'm really passionate about. But yeah, not something I'm I'm actively doing anymore. Performing as a mm -hmm. classical musician. And how does a singer-songwriter? How did you find the passion for facilitation, workshop facilitation in the first place? That's a good question. I've been facilitating a bunch of different, I guess you would call them workshops, team building workshops, team bonding workshops, away days for companies. I've done it for a few different organizations uh, in Australia and, and over here. And I guess, yeah, I, I fell into it. By got, I got asked to, 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 to join a, a, a corporate one-day workshop with Microsoft as a, as a facilitator. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was very young at the time and I was asked to come actually as a singer and, and, and bring my singing skills to the event uh, and because the group was going to be doing a, a songwriting workshop, but it was, it was with Microsoft, so it was based on their sales targets. So it was their uh, an away day, or maybe not their sales targets, but their, their goals for the year, their strategy, their goals, how they were going to get there, what were the challenges, how were they going to overcome them, and they wanted all of this content delivered in one three-hour musical workshops. So I was invited in. And at the time, like I said, I was just there to probably as an extra set of hands as a, as a young musician to bring some energy, but I uh, fell in love with the, with the idea and uh, sort of started doing it on and off ever since, doing it much more seriously and regularly, probably from about 2011, 2012. And this is then how you ended up with Song Division. Yeah. 
Correct. So, uh, yes, fell in love with the, with the concept of this, let's get non-musicians to write original songs. And yeah, eventually got asked to move over to the UK and, and run, the, run the UK Europe office, uh, which is nice because it means I'm still getting to do what I love almost every day. But uh, I'm, I'm also part of a bigger team, which is good. Beautiful. And <laughs> what have you learned as a musician, a songwriter, about workshop facilitation? I think what I've really learned is the surprising number of similarities between a workshop or you know an, in, in a corporate workshop or an organizational workshop and what a genuinely what a band practice might feel like mm. um, which is specific rehearsals I mean more around usually what when a musician's creating an album or playing in a band and they're and they're writing a new album this idea that you go into a space like a rehearsal room and normally there's a goal and that goal might be to create write a new single or it might be to work on a song that an idea that one of the musicians has had so there's there's an element of structure to the to the time period there's a goal but there's always a lot of freedom and flexibility and what what might actually happen in that three hours which I like about a workshop obviously they they, they there needs to be structure an agenda a purpose a goal but I but I think for me, a great workshop is when things happen that no one else was expecting or when there's space within the workshop for things to go turn left, turn right, do a U-turn, experiment, fail. Failure is a big one in music, which I, which I love as far as someone bringing an idea to the table or a, or a song to a band and, and you know, that, that workshop of that's – what, that's what we say. We say we're going to workshop the song. Let's workshop the song. Let's hear mm – -hmm. Let's hear what that solo sounds like on a violin instead of a piano or on a, on a xylophone instead of an electric guitar and let's, let's extend the breakdown section or let's, yeah, you're just going in and you, 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 everyone has a common goal, but we don't really know what's going to happen. And there's something really exciting about that. And, and often, more often than not, probably you walk away going, that was a terrible idea. And then that song might never not see the light of day again, but that's okay. And that's not a, that doesn't mean that you failed. Or that that, that, that that wasn't even a worthwhile three hours. Uh, it's just a nice thing to know that I think in a music rehearsal room, it's a fairly safe space between the people who are in that room because musicians are generally, they're really pro-collaboration. They're pro-supporting each other. They know that musicians can be quite vulnerable and, and uh, fragile and, and protective of what they've created. So there's usually a positive safe space there. So I, I love that about workshops as well, a good workshop anyway. Yeah. Thank you for this, for drawing this parallel. And there are so many different layers to unpack. I heard the word failure. Mm. And I'm always interested to hear what makes a workshop fail and what it would be the equivalent, what makes a song fail. Okay, that's a good one. Well, I think firstly, and, I, and I've, I'm speaking tomorrow on, an, on a panel about this, is around resilience. And I think... First, what I would say about failure is musicians, artists, performers, dancers, uh, you know, whatever you might, actors, most of them are some of the most resilient people that you will meet because most of us are, uh, are fairly comfortable with failure. Uh, well, I was anyway. I grew up and my parents were the kind of parents who put me in, into, I was doing lots of child's television commercials and I was doing operas and I was doing musicals and I was casting every weekend. And you only get maybe one in 10 roles that you mm. audition for. And that was, that was never an issue for me. I don't remember ever being distraught because I never got the role. I don't, I, maybe I was, but I was very comfortable with, 
from an early age that failure or rejection wasn't to do with me. It was to do with that specific role not being right, the timing not being right. That idea that just because you didn't get the role doesn't mean you're not good at something or you're not good at your job. It's just that 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 didn't fit. So that's what I would say about that first and foremost. To your question, you were asking what positives can come out of a failed workshop or what positives can what, come out of a failed... Not even for the positives, what makes a workshop fail? I think what would, for me, what would make a workshop fail, similar to perhaps a, a music rehearsal or a jam or a songwriting session, it would be walking away not feeling anything different, whether it's mm -hmm. better or worse. So you can walk away going, well, that failed in that, okay, we've decided that song's not going to be on the album or that song's not going to get released or that we're, that's done. That's not necessarily failure. That's, that's a step forward. That's a, there's clarity there. It's when you walk away going, well, that was a, we've achieved nothing. We don't feel any different. We don't, we're not sure where we're going with that. Are we keeping it? Are we, are we getting rid of it? Was, does anyone have any? Maybe it's an impartiality. Maybe the word's impartial. Mm. I prefer to walk away going, that was a terrible idea. Let's never do that again. And same with a workshop. Or oh, that didn't work. Then, oh, okay, that was okay. No one, no, there's no, maybe there's no next steps. Maybe there's no follow through. Mm. Maybe there's no post-workshop evaluation or survey. I just think it's, I think it's okay to, to, to walk away going, that didn't work. And that's better than walking away feeling nothing. Yeah. So the uncertainty in clarity. Yeah. The sensation of having wasted the time. Yes, I, I, exactly right. Feeling it's, it's not wasted. If something doesn't, if, if you genuinely try something and it doesn't work, that's not wasted time. That, that, that's, it, that's incredibly important time, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And what I like about this clarity, and I heard it in what you said before, that you learn from an early stage to deal with rejection because you learn that it's not about you as a person, but it's about the role or the expectations. And what I hear in that is that in the context of music, you have to be very clear on what is the context, what are the expectations, what is the purpose, what are we looking for? Mm -hmm. And... I think this is something that um, we also need in workshops, yeah. this clarity of what are we actually discussing. Yeah. And very often that gets missing. And yeah. I wonder just now as I listen to you talking, whether this also makes it more difficult to distinguish, are we rejecting each other or um, feeling rejected because we are lacking clarity in the first place? I would say that's 100% correct. I think uh, lack of clarity in any situation, in any uh, workshop, in any team challenge, in any uh, project that you're 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 doing with your colleagues, I think I would imagine where they fall short the most is lack of clarity on mm. what does success look like, what does a great outcome look like, what are we trying to collectively achieve here as a group. So yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And then it's easier, and once uh, all of this is defined, it's easier to also know how to evaluate ideas. Exactly. How do we know that we arrived and we discussed enough? Yeah. Well, what, what did we say we wanted to achieve? And did we? And if we didn't, why didn't we? And what can we do better? And what can we... Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's judging yourself on an agreed outcome. Mm. I can imagine that for a group of musicians, it's fairly easy-ish because they maybe have their style of music. They have agreed on what they usually do or what kind of instruments, or they know 
how it's supposed to sound to be harmonic. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, this, that's what I think makes a great musical workshop is that there is, I think having the medium of music, I mean, we haven't really talked about that, that helps a lot because through the medium of music, there's, there's things that are unspoken that happen where musicians who have a you know fairly high level of technicality they'll they'll feel things that happen in the room that don't need to be discussed and you don't need to you don't need to musically say no don't like that let's try this it sort of just happens naturally musicians lock in with each other they hear each other they communicate without words and when something's working no one's stopping and going hey, everyone it's working everyone quick it's working it's just sort of <laughs> it's 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 i guess what you call like flow state everything just flowing mm -hmm. And you don't need to say, hey, stop, this isn't working either. That, that's pretty obvious when things aren't working. So there is a, a musical oral understanding that doesn't need to be spoken, which is amazing. That doesn't necessarily relay or sort of translate straight into a corporate songwriting workshop that I might deliver. But what I do love about any time music is involved in these things is there's, there's a sense of, oh, the room knows that's, that's good. Oh, I like mm -hmm. that. That, that. That feels right. And it's an unspoken thing. You can just feel it. So that's a really nice thing that we can use music to take into a, to a workshop. Yeah, and I think in many different ways, actually, already adding music to create an atmosphere yeah. can already help. And we'll come to the music and the songwriting workshop sure. in a minute because I think it's fascinating. <laughs> I have a million questions <laughs> in my backlog. Okay. And I'm still in the warm-up phase. Excellent. Because uh, I think afterwards I might not jump back. Because you said something else that was catching my curiosity was about the psychological safety. Yeah. That if you're playing, performing music, if you're sharing your own music, you're making yourself so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. What have you learned from creating psychological safety within the environment of music or how do you create it for yourself as a musician that's a really great question as well because i've always found this really interesting and it's something i've only really probably appreciated the last five or six years but i'm sure you would know this and a lot of other people would know this but with vulnerability comes a lot of strength which people don't realize mm -hmm. i don't think mm -hmm. i think they, if i'm seen as vulnerable then i'm seen as weak or if i'm seen as vulnerable then who's going to listen to me how can i lead if i don't show strength and uh, power, where it's the complete opposite. So I've never once got up on a stage and played a song that to me might have been particularly heartbreaking or about something sad. I've never done that personally and then had a group of people when I finished the song laugh at me or you know, that, that just is very rare. So must need to be a psychopath to do Yeah, you would, you would, you would, you would. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've played gigs at pubs with drunk people and you're, yeah, that might be hard work. But I'm talking about going into a gig and playing, you know, a song. So I guess the answer to my question is that those, those moments where you have the courage to get up and sing about love, loss, life, death, pain, suffering, whatever it is, that, that's where you get your strength. Oh, that's, that's where people will go, wow, how, how's, that, 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 how's the strength of that person who, A, feels this and has, and has the ability to communicate it and, and B, to, to do it up on a, on a stage in front of a lot of strangers. So I would say that creating a psychological safe space 
really comes down to the people that are in that space and, and there being an unspoken agreement that whatever happens or whatever whatever output there is, whether, and again, this is further we're talking about a concert or a workshop, whatever the output there is, no one's here to be embarrassed, no one's here to be judged, no one's here to be made fun of, everyone's voice is equal. And maybe like what you would do, maybe you do need to set those ground rules at the start and those guidelines. I'd like to think you don't often need to do that, but maybe you do. That's how you create that safe space. And that's when the fun stuff starts happening. Thank you for sharing that. And um, I agree, often we don't need to set ground rules. And I know that some facilitators always set ground rules and believe in doing that. I'm more on your side that I usually don't set them. Mm. And from what I heard, what you just described, I think there's even more to that. Because when you get up on stage to sing a song about love, loss, grief, mm. feelings, emotions, all mm. these deep things, you make yourself relatable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you're, um, I think you share something that is so deeply human where everyone in the audience has a story or something where they're like, oh, yeah, I know I can relate to that. I know how exactly. this is. Yeah. And thereby you create this bond of, okay, we're, we're in this together. I and I think agree. so it's and then you don't have to ask them, please don't laugh at me. Because no. I'm sharing a love story. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I, I, yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head there. People feel so scared to share or not scared, but... Some do. Maybe scared is the right word. And then everyone realizes afterwards that they all felt the same way. Well, you know, when you, you, you hear a song and you've never met that musician, you don't know that musician. And no, that's what makes them, I think that's what makes musicians famous, really, is it's that, oh, my God, he just literally or she just literally articulated exactly what I'm going through in my life right now, yet they live on the other side of the world and we obviously don't know me. So that connection is what I love about music and what I love about getting up on a stage or facilitating or, or speaking or just or um, being part of a workshop. Yeah. That, that's, 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 the way the, that's where the magic happens. And I wonder whether it's actually, yeah, the same things that um... – make a facilitator more approachable or more successful in air quotes mm. that it's the authenticity it's that it's approachable and that it's not about i think when a, a good singer or a singer that touches the audience of course they are singing their own story but still it's somehow in service of the group so they are sharing this from a place of sharing giving being of service instead of making it all about themselves that's such a better way of defining a concert i think it's not a performance it's share it's sh it's a sharing process mm. like it's I'm, i've never really thought about that, that that way people get up they perform their song or their band or their out their set and everyone calls it a performance but really it's it's like hey i'm going to share some of the like deepest darkest fears i have in my soul with a thousand people And yeah. I hope they either like it at best or at worst, they go, well, it's not for me, but I know I, I felt something or I know I, I, I understood what the, I identified with something, uh, you know, in the messaging, in the song. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think then the only difference is that for a facilitator, maybe you don't want them to be overly emotional yeah. in their sharing. That's true. But at least to be authentic and create the space where others can be 
exactly exactly it's not a facilitator that's probably the one difference isn't it i guess a facilitator is not really meant to be the star of the show in a workshop it's sort of meant to be not about them i made some notes for this actually and that was where i would have called my biggest weakness as a facilitator is prime i i bringing the front man performer part of me to that and that's probably not that's not right like as, as in making the parts of the workshop about me or wanting to be funny or wanting to have a chance to sing and play the guitar that's probably the front man or the ego mm. that's you know that, that's not part of a facilitator's role is it really it is about creating that safe space and maybe using that as an example but it's really about just you know creating that that safe space and, and allowing the participants and and whatever the the uh, objectives are to, to, to come through yeah. and, and, and stepping back a bit and not making it about me or you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And still, it's I love that you're bringing up this topic because, it yeah, of course, it's not about us and if it's ego-driven or I want to show off, but then in the context, and we'll come to the songwriting workshops now, I think if you're asking a group to write a song and then maybe to show how this could sound like or to be yep. more in the to create a certain atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I think if it's just your character to be a little bit more performative, sure. I think as long as it's not disrupting, well, disruption can be good sometimes, but maybe taking the focus away from the purpose. You're saying that's potentially at times is a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Sometimes maybe just a little bit of a breather or a, a musical interlude or something that can quickly just re-energize the room, re-engage the room, bring us back to our goals, bring us back to the agenda, whatever they might be. There's definitely space for that. 100% agree. Nobody wants to have a robot in front. No, no, um, I agree. And when, yeah, and if they would hire an AI instead of a human. Well, that's exactly right. We still, we still, thank God, we still crave the human element but i think that's potentially what makes musicians and artists good facilitators comedians you can see some mm. some comedians can be really great facilitators excellent listeners great listeners and yeah. understanding the group dynamics understanding mm -hmm. what's going on mm -hmm. and i think that's also what you mentioned earlier about musicians how they listen and communicate with each other without words yeah body yeah. language and having the same understanding of what works what doesn't Yeah. Are we on the right track? Oh, yeah, exactly. All right. So it's, a, it's an unspoken thing. And it happens with musicians, you know, with, with, when we'll talk about song division at some point, but it happens often with musicians we use. They don't, they haven't met before. They don't necessarily mm. know each other. Uh, often they do. But I, that's probably my favorite part of the, before the session is where sound checking and warming up and the sound check will just be the drummer hitting something. And then, The sound guy will say, "Cool, let's add the bass," and they'll just start. But and this isn't a pre-rehearsed performance, but th th he'll just start playing bass along to whatever the drum was playing, and then okay, oh, add the keys, and all of a sudden there's this unrehearsed, undiscussed jam, and they're all looking at each other, and no one really knows. It's it's not mm -hmm. a song. It's just it's just a. But there's a yeah. vibe already, and then all of a sudden, oh, okay, this is going to be fun. Our guys are sort of getting themselves in sync, which is which is part of the process as well. Yeah, beautiful. And then it's. Yeah, bringing people together around the same passion obviously helps. Mm -hmm. And now I'm thinking of people, and you said that um, these songwriting workshops mm -hmm. are usually for corporates. It's not for musicians. No, so, definitely not. <laughs> so <laughs> why, let's start with the purpose. Why would Microsoft, you mentioned Microsoft, or any other corporate 
why would they want a songwriting workshop to be slightly provocative? Well, yeah, uh, that's my job to tell them why. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell us why. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, there's a yeah. There's there's a lot going on there, but the the main thing is, and this is getting a little bit neurosciencey, but it won't, not not too much. I'm not a neuroscientist, but you know, d done a fair amount of uh, spent a fair amount of time and energy researching what music does with, to the brain. One of the biggest challenges you would know, and you know, we 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 get told about, especially the last three years, is connection. Employees don't feel connected, so. It might not be anything to do with a specific new project or it's something they're rolling out. It might just be that like the team just don't feel connected. And that might have been because of remote working and pandemics, or it might have nothing to do with that. Maybe they're just a, a, a team that don't really haven't bonded. So before you can do, I think, before you can really do anything as far as fixing any organizational problems, deliver, even delivering a, a successful workshop, you, you basically need to really strengthen those bonds as quickly as possible. So music is probably one of the most powerful tools for doing that quickly, I'd say, in the world. So we're using music in that sense first and foremost. So we're using music as a drug to, we know when we listen to music, when we sing, when we perform, when we songwrite, when we go to concerts, when we listen to albums, we're releasing oxytocin in our mm -hmm. brains. So when we're releasing oxytocin, we're, we're uh, activating the prefrontal cortex. When we're, when we're activating the prefrontal cortex, we're creatively problem solving we're up for collaboration the cortisol isn't pumping through our brain we're not stressed we're not defensive we're not looking for you know an excuse to blame someone else because that deadline wasn't hit and we're out of all of that and we're thinking outside the box and we're also releasing dopamine and we're also well we're creating that safe space that i mentioned and that's kind of the first thing that needs to happen on our sessions i think to for a successful outcome that's our first job so Normally, that's how the sessions start with with live music and a couple of just fun music exercises. And the, I can see that. Mm. And when I think of singing, mm. I, I can see the benefit of it. And I think that's why most of the cults or the church, yeah, yeah, use religion, religion in and general. Yeah, singing together is incredibly bonding. All these mantras, singing. Yep. Well, choirs are. I think choirs are more popular than ever. Really, yes. like the, the pub choirs, and the, there's a there's a there's a big thing for like a resurgent for the for the choir, which is amazing. And I another, think, yeah. And at the same time, the voice is something so vulnerable. So having a voice, not having a voice, yeah. also in the in the context of a corporate. So how do you introduce the notion of participating and having a voice? In that, how do you warm them up to actually use it? Or isn't it about singing and just the uh, It depends on the workshop. But the first thing I will say in any of our sessions is, well, not, not one of the first things I'll say is, hey, we're going we're to be working together for the next three hours. We're going to be working through a certain problem. Let's, let's say this is a team cohesion workshop, 20 people, team cohesion. We want to get the team working more cohesively, which, which for us generally means building trust, sharing vulnerabilities giving people insights into our own personal lives, things like that. That's what the workshop covers, very top level. But before any of that, we, and I say, and we're going we're gonna to work through it, and by the end of the session, we will have written a completely original song. Now, I totally get that that is met with about 30% of, oh, that sounds fun, and 70% of, like, get me out of the room. This is my worst nightmare. So I, I get that, and I'm okay with that, and that's totally fair because most people have some sort of 
I guess, some experience where they've been on stage or sung or, you know, that, that there's, a, there's a real fear there, whatever the reason is. So that's the first thing that we cover, actually, is, hey, just before we start, here's what's not going to happen. No one sings on their own if they don't want to. I'll never put a microphone in your face and make you sing. No one is has to sing at all if they don't want to. Even, we, you know, it's about group performance. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. If you want to sit back and enjoy the show at the end when we perform the song, that's completely fine. That never happens, though, by the way, because by the time we get to that, we have built this incredible safe, safe place. No one's here to be embarrassed. We're never going to embarrass you. And yes, we are going to push you out of your comfort zone ever so slightly, but we're going to do it in an incredibly safe space. All of our sessions are delivered by at least two facilitators. One of one is an out-and-out facilitator, for example, like myself, and the other one is a facilitator and a musician, but who who's incredibly experienced so they they toured with big stars like people like the sting and the killers and stuff like that so the attendees know that there is a dedicated musician whose job is to take all of the content and at the end of the session makes perform something which sounds amazing so that, um, that makes so, sense. okay beautiful yeah. so the lyrics and the yeah, the, the, the melody, the, whole thing, the melody. Yeah, the, the everything comes from the audience. That that you choose the chords, you help me come up with chords. You choose the style, rap, rock, reggae, whatever you want to write. You write all the lyrics. That's that's the participant's job. And then at the end, we perform the song, and we want you everyone to join in like a choir. But like I said, we don't force it. We don't make anyone because that's not our job. Is to embarrass anyone or force them to do anything they don't want to do. But because of the process and because they've created something completely from scratch, we don't change lyrics to get lucky. It's theirs and, yeah. and there's an incredible sense of ownership and pride by the end that the performance is just a, it's not even a question. Everyone just gets up and sings along because it's fun. We spent that time building that trust, which is really important. I can imagine. And you, you said a few things that made me look up and I'm like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. And it's about the type of music is it reggae is it rock is it pop mm. what does the type of music say about the company or the team and so what i hear is there are a lot of decision to make and i see you grabbing your guitar <laughs> so yes please give us an example okay well i am a mediocre guitarist i'm a singer and first and foremost but i play enough to do this kind of stuff um but like i said normally it's a musician much more experienced than me but often what i'll say is we ask does anyone play an instrument in, in the audience can play two chords on a guitar and we will bring them up on stage if they're comfortable and we ask them just to give us a few chords that they think sound good on a guitar and often it's someone who either can play great guitar or it's someone who learned guitar in high school and knows like three chords and whatever that is you know they give us a g oh i love that that's a g oh we got a c there oh what else give me one more chord oh we got a d love it beautiful and and another big um mantra of ours is that everything we do in the workshop has to have has to happen with a yes mentality so mm. whatever that idea is brought to the table we, we we have a yes mentality we run with that idea so that's great thank you sarah for your chords, we're going to run with those chords and that's all they need to do. And then we might say, right, what's the sound of this song or what's the sound of this team? What are we trying to achieve here? So don't tell me your favorite style of music. Tell me what the sound of this group is. And we'll give you some examples and it might be, hey, what, what does rock represent? Are we rock? Are we solid? Are we there? Are we in your face? Are we reliable? Are we sort of classic? And, you know, and, and what's the sound of that? 
and that might be the sound of rock or um, are we more of a fun team? Are we a bit lighthearted? Are we a bit more funky? Uh, yeah, the reggae vibe. Maybe we're we're a we're a cohesive, relaxed team, and we do things with nice flow. And funk, heavy metal, punk, maybe punk. We're disruptors and we're troublemakers. So I, we have fun with what do those styles actually mean, and what does that sound actually represent as a group. And how do you usually experience that? Is it similar to what you explained when you worked with a group of musicians, that they would almost magically all agree on a certain style? Thank you, by the way, for... That's okay. That's okay. That's one thing I would say is slightly different to the song, to the to the musicians in the room, because, and this is from my experience, but if you're... You know, I've played in bands, and bands generally are, are, have a sound that they're trying to be. You know, if you're Coldplay, maybe Coldplay's not a great example because they are incredibly eclectic. Their their songs, their albums are all very different sounding. Let's go with like a a Rolling Stones or a Kings of Leon sort of band. They, they, they've got a sound, and they're that's the sort of they're looking for sounds within that sound in within their within their genre. They're looking for different production and things like that. But I, you know, they're not going to go into a songwriting session and go, "Oh, should we write a reggae song today?" Where mm. if that, that's that's kind of not going to happen. Which is so that is a bit that's slightly different. But what isn't different is musicians saying, "Hey, this one's going to be broodier than the last song that we did," or "This song's like we need to do an I want to do an up tempo song," or "I want to do song." You know, most of our songs are more major. This one we want to make it a bit darker and a bit more haunting. So. It, it, it probably wouldn't be genre specific. It would be more within a genre, if that makes sense. Yes and no. What I was interested in, how likely are groups, are these corporate teams to agree that they have all the same sense of what genre, music genre they are as a team? Well, I guess that in those situations with our workshops, it needs to be, uh, you know, it's a, it's a democracy. So you get a, you get a pretty quick vibe. You know, we, we do, we will do three or four genres. Who liked rock? Oh, everyone. Who like or who who you like disco? Or so, and sometimes I completely surprise you and want to do a bluegrass song. Or but but it's up to the group. The group the group collectively gets to vote. If it's quite close, then I'll say right, let's do a rock song with a hip hop breakdown or something like that. And I think they there's still a difference whether I might like a certain type of music and still believe that the team I'm working with is a different type of music. Definitely, definitely. And also the the like not, yeah don't get me wrong like a a, a good rock song is going to be anthemic it's going to be motivating at the end it's going to be easy for us to perform because everyone loves to to rock on but the ones I love is when it's we write like a ska song or we write a punk song or we write uh, something blue bluegrass is actually really fun there's a whole energy there that people that often these they they choose these styles because it's not so common. And, and is I it, love that. Oh, because I wonder what part of it is team building and what part of it is music. Because I and I can imagine that it's a very fine line where the team then sits down and think, okay, so who are we as a team? Are we a mm -hmm. punk or are yeah. we a heavy metal? Yeah. Where it 
can go quite deep and then it's independent of what we like, but then it's also what do we associate with heavy metal and what do we associate with punk? And do we fulfill these stereotypes or do we have our own definition? How do you get, this is such a complex conversation to have. It is, it is. And actually, as you say that, I think I, I, I'm going to, I think we should, we could do even better with that and go d dive deeper into what, what does that actually mean if you're a, an old, you know, if you're a punk rocker or a heavy metal rocker or, you know, and I've listened to your podcast with a, it was a jazz guest, it was, which was great. Who was that? Yes, it was. I've completely forgotten his name. I'm sure it will come. Ta -ta. Yeah, that, again. The, the, he was a jazz musician. Yeah. Have to put a, you'll have to put a link down. He was, I love that, by the way, because uh, that's a whole different world where I guess it's a bit opposite. What, what, what we're doing is, is more around structured, you know, pop song. I hate to say pop, but whereas I know he talks about more about the, the jazz being a free-flowing improvisational, nothing's wrong, nothing, you know, every uh, ideas can be, don't, don't need to fit a certain structure and things like that. So, but for, for the most part with ours, because we're dealing with a group of people who really aren't aren't musicians we keep that we keep the process fairly simple but i really think it's quite interesting maybe we do dive into like more like hey what does that say about us as a group if we are you know resonate with motown or funk over rock or disco and and what do those what does that say about you I, we don't dive into it too much we just play the styles and go you guys tell us you, you know you're you're, you're the team you know you know yourselves better what what style resonates with you most and then they they generally will vote for that and that's what we'll go with interesting and then how large are these teams usually uh well any anywhere between uh generally probably the smallest groups will do around 10 to 12 people through to and these i guess though you, I, i wouldn't call all of these workshops though some of them are yeah annual Sales conferences for 400 people, 2,000 people, 5,000 people. Um, and then it goes by majority voting. Okay, exactly. now you press a button which one you want exactly. this to be. Exactly. Um, and, and all of our workshops and experiences, no matter what, end up, you end up working in teams of five at some point. And that's where we do lyric writing. Okay, so, and this would have been my next yeah. curiosity. <laughs> There you go. It's okay, yeah, so, so we have the who. Now we have the culture bit and the who are we bit, and now yeah. comes the nitty-gritty, the writing. Yeah, so everything up to this moment is whole groups together. We're all, we're all listening, we're all playing music, we're all choosing chords, we're all choosing style as a group, and then this sort of next stage is where we, no matter how big the group is, we try and get them working in groups of around five. And then they write... Every group of five then writes a part of the song. Yes, correct. Um, well, they, they yeah they, they contribute lyrics and poems. We we put them we 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 facilitate breakout rooms if it's virtual or breakout tables or breakout rooms you know in a conference uh, in a hotel or whatever it might be. And at some point, either probably probably at this point, we will begin a workshop around what is this song going to be about. Mm. Oh, yeah. what, what, like we haven't even really touched on that yet. Obviously, I've worked with the client, and we and they've told me what they want the outcomes to be. But we, it's what makes the again the workshop successful is when everything comes from the attendees' mouth. You need the buy-in. Yeah, you need the buy-in exactly. So I will hopefully, as a good facilitator, lead that conversation so that the client is getting the output that they are hoping for from the attendees. But 
that's often a really nice, powerful part of what we do because the client w w won't, it's like a feedback tool. They won't have realized that, oh, they've really didn't align or resonate with something that we thought they would and they've really gone down this path and that's that's a, that, that, that's us being used as a messaging or a resonance or, or communication tool as well. So this is a small group conversation that will then lead to the plenary where exactly. then in subgroups they discuss, okay, what is this song? What should it should it be about? Yeah. And I and again we'll try and, and drive that conversation to be like the client will will have told us. Okay, we've wait, that's just wait. Yeah. so if the client says, I want a love song. And the group says, oh, actually, it's a song about enemies and war. Mm -hmm. What will it be about? Or how, how would you get this then together? Wouldn't it? Well, the client will say to us, we want them walking away, having a better understanding of their own, each other's soft skills, a better mm -hmm. understanding of their uh, outside work, vote, um, hobbies, passions, what's important to them in their own lives. And then that's our job to, to make sure that that's all communicated in the uh, session. Okay, okay. Or the client will say to us, got a new CEO, thrown out all the old values, we've worked with the subcommittee group to come up with a whole new set of values and we want you to break them into teams and each team is creating lyrics about a specific value and and what that value means in their own words and why it resonates with them and that and that's the goal. Mm. So they never really say to us, yeah, hey, we want you to write a love song. Okay, okay. I mean. I'm glad so I asked the question because yeah. I... I got a little shock moment. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but okay, it's funny you mention sense. that because yeah, I will go in going, hey, we're going to write a song about yeah these new again these let's just say it's these new values of trust, collaboration, empathy, respect, and what you know it's going to be this big lovey dovey thing. And what comes out of the session is that potentially a group of people who don't feel engaged or don't feel that the company lives the values every day or doesn't feel that uh, that sort of love and sense of collaboration. And so we're in there trying to navigate that. Has so this that happened? Sense. Because, yeah, I can imagine that this can be quite um, provocative to write a song yeah. about the company values if nobody really feels attached to them or has any positive examples. Yeah, it can. We try to keep all of our sessions very positive, obviously, and, and music helps with that as well. So just having that. Uh, music as a tool for that to get again to get the oxytocin flowing, get people in a place where they they're they're looking for positives and looking for solutions. That's mm. what. It is. So so it's it's never a hate fest. It's never a, I don't want it. You know, my colleagues are never there for me and blah blah blah. But we do often get I I get a sense at times of a a, a bit of frustration at the start of the sessions where we're gonna hey we're gonna write a song about what does. And what does collaboration mean to you in your own words and, and, and a sense that they don't feel that sense of that they can rely on their leader or their boss or, or things like that. But we, we, I guess that's part of our job is to try and use music to, to, to help to change that energy. Mm, and then it would be an opportunity also to, because the song doesn't have to be about the reality, but maybe about the wished reality or how it could be better. Exactly. and that And that's a really good point, actually. That's probably what... I would say one of my favorite parts of the session is normally when we're coming up with, hey, what's this song going to be about? It's four questions. And I like there's normally two or three of those at least are very positive questions. The the one that's the most important is the the challenging question or the uncomfortable question, which 
means it, I think a it's nice because the group goes oh at least he's at least they're identifying that it's not just going to be a love love you love you song, but yeah normally there'll be something like hey yep what does the people in this workshop mean to you what do you love about the people in this workshop positive, what value do you align with most at the company positive. And then I like to say something like, "Hey, what, yeah, what 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 frustrates you about mm. uh, the team? What what challenges are you foreseeing at the moment? What's not working? Um, things like that." And then trying to bring it around with, "Hey, how can we fix it? Mm. Or what, what what what? How can we overcome these challenges?" But uh, I think you you have to give space for uh, the the negatives, or else it can become it comes across as a bit uh, insincere and a bit what's the word staged, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, which is a funny word in this context. And I think yeah. then it can become very cynical. Yes. That's exactly. something you don't want, right? Yeah, exactly right. And and not everyone feels like they need to have a deep connection with their colleagues. Yeah, not everyone that's feels an assumption. That yeah. Some people just like to do their job and go home and do it. And we do a lot with big tech companies and really, really good, nice people. but. You'd notice a difference between a bunch of technicians on a team building event who really enjoy the music stuff. Most, a lot of them are actually really good, like, you know, bedroom guitarists and, and digital music guys and girls, but they don't really want to write a, you know, we love our company and we are the best. And they, 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 they prefer to write a cool song about maybe the challenges that they're going through. And, and, but we'll always try and focus on what, hey, what are the solutions or how are we going to get through them or how are we going to, how are we yeah. going to overcome them and what comes to my mind is a hero's journey two questions yep in songwriting is there also an arc like in the hero's journey and how do you get the participants to build to that or contribute to that yeah i would say obviously as a songwriter my songwriter original songwriter hat on there's an arc to a song for me in my songwriting it's generally the journey is where I am right now, how I've got here, what's happened that's got me to this place, and then it's a reflection on what can I take from that journey and to get where I need to be, which is at mm -hmm. you know the end. What can I take? What 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 positives can I draw out of the negative situation? What can I use to be a better person or become a better version of myself or to help just help me heal? So take that into a corporate workshop. Um, we, we want, again, the, the, the best results we get is when the, it's as hands-on as possible from the attendees. So what we'll generally do is there'll be a moment after every group's written their poems and their lyrics, uh, and it's my favorite part of the session. Every group, they read their poems out. So they're just normally, they're funny, some are silly, some are incredibly poignant, some of them are just perfect don't need any notes or any changes others are all over the place which is fun because that's art and that's cool too um but it's the moment of the session where everyone gets their voice heard um and no matter what the final result is everyone has at least been able to express their opinion artistically through their through their poem and maybe that's a really safe way of doing it maybe asking you to stand up in front of the group and say what's annoying you or what is is much more difficult than putting it in a metaphorical poem or uh you know that 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 mm -hmm. out, that creative outlet might is it is i think like a really great way of doing it because you will always get someone mentioning hey if we do our job we're going to get a pay rise like as a joke but hey that's feedback 
Maybe that's what they, that's what drives them. In every uh, joke, there's a piece of joke yeah. because all the rest is truth. Exactly right. So, or um, we'd better get our something's processes in place or, we're, you know, the CFO is going to come down on us or whatever it might be. It, you know, all these little pockets of nuggets of information come out. And that's what I was saying before. I think it's one of the most powerful parts of the workshop for the, the senior leaders and, the, and, the, and the, the people who've engaged us to hear those poems that maybe address things that they weren't even aware were a, were mm. an issue. Um, so so yeah. is just a quick question. So does it mean that the, the context of writing a song and you always call it lyrics and poems, so it is an art form, this serves basically as an excuse to be radically honest? Yes. There you go. Mm. You said it better than me. <laughs> exactly. Because if I said to you, hey, tell me what you think of this right now and in front of your colleagues and your, and your, potentially your bosses, that's not fun. Difficult, and, yeah. And, and even if you've built that sense of trust and vulnerability, that's still very difficult to do. Companies that say, oh, yeah, every week we get up and we, you know, we, we've got this real great trust system that we can pull our boss aside and tell them when things aren't happening or working, that's difficult. I don't, I'm, mm. yeah, I, I don't see that very often in reality. But with what we do, yeah, there is a there is an ability to be to use music as that playful tool to maybe communicate a frustration or communicate something that uh, wouldn't have happened otherwise. So, uh, yeah, what was the question? Oh, yeah, so <laughs> the arrangement of the song. So, so we read all the poems out, we share them all. There's normally more poems than there are space for the song if that makes sense. So it's the facilitator's job, if that's me too. We want as many people's contribution to be in the final piece as possible, but maybe some poems are quite similar or they've touched on the same thing. So we work as a group and I will guide it, but I'm, I very much am wanting approval from, from the group as a, again, in a, as a democracy. So I'll say like, you're based on my own hero's journey. I'll say this, is what, what I love when I write a song is this is where we are right now. This, this poem for me really signifies where we are as a team, where you are as a team right now. I think that's verse one. I think that that's a statement. This is us, who we are, where we are. Personally, then I'd be looking for poems that talk about how we got here. So you would really bring your own expert hat in yeah. this in this yeah. stage and then guide the group and yeah. advise them on how to build it? Exactly. And I and and I don't really do that on purpose. That's just my style is that that you know that my, my songwriting arc, my natural songwriting arc is where we are, how we got here, where we're going, how we're going to get there and what greatness looks like at the end or what what the what that hero's outcome is. So I will and but I will give them options too. So I'll say these two poems are both great where we are sort of starting. So which one do you guys like more? Which one? Yeah. Do you, or, or why don't we take two lines from this one and two lines from that one? And they love that because yeah. that, and we'll, and we'll bring them. And then, yeah, this one's so simple, but it's really repetitive and powerful. Maybe that, that's a chorus, maybe. That's just, you know, that's just the message there and then. Uh, and, and I will, and so I, I'm guiding it, yeah. basically. Yeah. And in your experience, does the group always come up with content that basically covers this entire arc or journey or what if there is no solution no highlight no takeaway would you make that up very very rarely we would would we do that we we sometimes will have some pre-baked content 
mm. just as a backup, but we just don't. It doesn't really happen. Do, yeah, you, I, do you teach them the arc in the beginning? I don't teach them the arc in the beginning. I, I, when we get to that part of the session, I talk about, okay, this is for me what a song looks like, where we are, how we got here, where we're going, how we're going to get there, and what the final outcome will hopefully look like. That happens in that arrangement section mm. for us. And don't get me wrong, like it, it doesn't necessarily, that, that, probably that perfect form doesn't happen every time, but something is put together something is performed or you know that's that's when we get into the you 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 were asking about the sort of performance part of it by this point people have all they've seen their colleague come up with the chords so they're very supportive of that mm -hmm. they've voted on the style as a group they've all written and shared their lyrics in small groups and then for the entire group they then agreed with me to some level about where the poem should sit and what sort of mm -hmm. order there is um so that by that point there's they're very invested And they're very proud of what they've created. And I always liken it to I'm a terrible painter. And in lockdown, I just started trying to do, you know, paint, just paint flowers and things. And they are, they're so bad. But I did it and I like, and I, and I, and I, something I didn't think I could do and I did do it. And so you're, you're, you're very proud of what you've created. And this is before we you get performed attached. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you can imagine it's being performed by a really great musician and you're, All your job is to do is, if you want, is to sing along. And by that point, we've started singing the chorus a few times, and that's always very catchy. And we normally there'll be a whoa whoa section and things like that. So, yeah, by the time we get to that part, there's a few other things I do. I do breathing exercises. I teach them humming exercises. I get them comfortable making noise as mm. a group, very very subtly, and we ease them into the performance part. But what we do say is, this isn't about. We're not. We're not. Yeah, we're we're not. Our job isn't to teach you how to become a singer or a musician. Our job is to just, for three hours, take you out of your whatever your role is and, and make and, and create a world where you feel like you're a, a musician. So it's three hours long? Uh, oh, so, no, not really. Anything, literally anything. The, 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 yeah, they're, all, they're all bespoke. So 60 minutes, 90 minutes, three hours. I, we, we don't often do much a standalone event over three hours because I feel that that's probably – Creation, uh, what was I going to say? Creative, creatively draining. Yeah, and I um, don't do it. And it makes sense. And then the now being aware of the time constraints, it also, mm. if we have less time, then it's okay not to be perfect. And then there's a little bit more energy also in the space. Yeah, I love that. To be honest, I think yeah, what the the. The, the 90 minute version or the, the 75 minute version that you know people they're not expecting a perfect performance at the end like we just created this we just we yeah. literally just did it and it's and everyone's really pumped and they're like excited mm. and yeah that's not not chasing perfect is a, is a nice idea i think and, and now i totally understand also how this fits into the yearly reunion or yeah a kind of event where the entire company comes together or a larger group and then it's it replaces something dull like a speech yeah. or just a normal workshop where at the end everyone has something to take home and to exactly. remember this one particular event yeah exactly i think yeah we're, we're probably replacing the place of a, of a keynote speaker more yeah. more often than not now and, and i think that's fairly common commonly agreed isn't it that, that people don't want to sit and watch a 90 minute person speak they want to be heard they want to be part of it they want to feel uh that their, that their voice is 
being heard as well. So yeah, that that's that's fairly common. Yeah, like you said, it's it's an annual get together. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, pumping it up. But having said that, we'll do we'll work with the group, small groups that accompany all throughout the year virtually. And oh, then at the end yeah. of the year, each group might get to perform their song in person for the for for each other. Beautiful. Like a little little album. Nice. I can also imagine that it could be a very cool thing to do at the end of an offsite. So you have a three days offsite, and at the end you all write a song about that and the yeah. results of the offsite together. Yeah, uh, that's, that's common. Instead of the the minutes, yeah, the very, one page summary. Exactly, very common. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's a common brief for us. So we we are the final thing at the event. So let's like, what were the key takeaways of the big sessions? What 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 again? What resonated with you? What are you excited to go back and do now and and implement in the workplace? So using music as that reinforcement tool and, and uh, you know, helping people remember the takeaways too is a big yeah. one. In what extent are you intentional of creating a song that becomes like a, something that you cannot get out of like your an mind? Earworm. A earworm. Do you say that in English? An earworm. earworm, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> is that what you call them? In German, yeah. Ohrwurm. Yes, Ohrwurm. I didn't know that it was an English yeah. thing as well. Yeah. Are you intentional on that? Yes and no. I think I think it's our job to make it fairly. You know, these people have never written a song before. Most of them. So yeah, we're not we're not creating. We're trying to create something that's catchy mm -hmm. and simple, and we'll have them hopefully. Yeah, we, I've had. We did a Spotify workshop. It was a we. It was like a must have been a group of about twenty five, and it was a disc profiling. What do you call it? Debrief. So they'd done the disc profiling. And I'm an accredited disc facilitator as well. So the, the, the workshop was identifying, was going through everyone's results. What kind mm -hmm. of personality are you? And using songwriting as the experiential tool, almost to prove to people what, what they were like. So we started with right verse one. We put you in, based on your results, we put you in groups with people that are similar personalities to you. So what does it D's, like to be read? Yeah. So you're going to write a poem, a bunch of reds or a bunch of Ds and a bunch of Is, and we're going to see how that goes because you're going to have all the pers all the strong personalities in a group together and you're going to have all the, you know, whatever those personality traits are for a disc. Then we talked about more results. We went through more people's results and we had some fun with that. Then the next verse they had to write, they were, they were mixed. So the Ds and the Is got put together or, the, uh, or it was a full mix of completely different personalities. How did that translate? Who, who took over the group? Who sat back and didn't want to cause any conflict? Who just wanted everyone to get along? So and do you, so this means that you really debrief then also the process. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's two things that going on here, isn't there? Like there's, workshops in the sense of you know the songwriting is the workshop mm -hmm. we're going to create the song and that is the workshop and it's going to be about your values or there's a workshop where we are workshopping a specific goal relating to the organization or like a disc profiling thing, and we're just using songwriting as the bit to as a method or a tool as a, as a tool amplify to, it, yeah exactly right to help resonate with the key takeaways but anyway the reason i brought that one up was because about five years later I was at a pub in Sydney and someone grabbed me on the back of my shoulder and was like, you hosted that Spotify thing. And then he, was, I think, probably had a couple of drinks and he just started like singing the, the song at me. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Because I didn't, I, to be honest, I didn't really remember it because I do a lot of them. But uh, so that was like, well, that's that we did our job, I guess. He, yeah. he, he remembered the chorus. 
uh, the, no. the lyrics and, and how it went, which was, so uh, that was nice. Great. And I'm glad that you gave the example because I think the distinction between writing a song for writing a song because it's a team bonding mm. activity is very different from using this in order to discuss team dynamics. Yes. Exactly. And how is it to collaborate on a very specific task that nobody is skilled in? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's where, where the, the, the The one you mentioned where it's, hey, the workshop's about this. It's, it's, it's related to the company, the organization. It's related to organizational outcomes and where the tool to help firstly get everyone comfortable, get the, you know, bring down the barriers, get people comfortable bonding using music as that tool and then being the tool to just help reinforce the learnings. That's something we're, we're also moving more and more into as opposed to, hey, we're just going to write a song about your values. Let's just, you know, which, which is an experience, yeah. I'd say, more than a workshop. Yeah. Depends on how, how deep you then go into it, because if you workshop it, then, yes, you do have all these related conversations of what is the tone, what is the type of music, what are the instruments? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it one person singing or is it everyone singing along? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that, and that is what I love about what we do because like, I think like a good workshop, we have process. We've been doing it for nearly 20 years. We have a, a structure, but within that, I've got no idea what's going to happen. The, no two songs we've written have ever been the same. We don't know what style they'll choose. We don't know what the companies, whatever the messaging, the, uh, the, the, the objectives they, they, they're engaging us to help them communicate. So no two events are ever the same. So it's always exciting, but there is a structure and a, and a, and a process in place to mean it won't just be a, like a failure. Like, yeah. we've, I've never done one where a song wasn't written, where we just didn't get it done because we have all that in place. But I've definitely written ones and gone, well, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think that was what the result was going to be. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's the fun part. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. That was fun. Yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to share that we haven't touched upon? Um, well, I'd be keen to hear your thoughts on, on some of this stuff. You, you've into, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've, I think I've listened to three or four now of, the, of your podcasts. And uh, there's been the jazz one. There was the DJ. Which Godin? Yes. Which Goidel? Okay. Yeah. Dup, dup, dup. Jazz one, Rich Goidel. Yeah. Oh, that was jazz. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that, I'd, yeah, there's obviously a theme there. You, you, what, what do you think as far as um, the place for, for music or the place for any creative involvement or uh, the creative factors in a, in a workshop? Mm. Yeah, it's, um, I would put it in a box, if I may, with using theater in workshops. I had, um, I interviewed a few facilitators and, um, Kate, also from Australia, she is working with professional actors to act out certain situations in a company. Yeah. Um, and then they discuss it. So role play, but not by the participants, by, yep. by other actors. And I think, and others who would use dance yep. as a form of expression. Mm -hmm. And I think everything that brings the participants out of their usual way of communicating, exactly. expressing themselves and using an art form that really flattens the room. Yeah. 
Because if you have two musicians, then, or if it's a company of musicians, then it's something different because yeah. suddenly you have this competition yeah. and this notion of quality, I, I think, which can really bring a different vibe into it. Yeah. But otherwise, I do think, as you mentioned in the very beginning, that it has something bonding because it makes us, it appeals to very human traits we have, where we just appreciate the arts. Yeah. And creating something together. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. a post-it note. Yeah. And like you mentioned, it's a it, it for the most part, it puts people on a pretty level playing field it, it, within the workshop. Like we're, we're trying, we want, obviously depends on the client and what they want from the group, but in general, we want the group to be on a level playing field no matter who's in who's in there. So it might, from, from, from the you know, less younger, less experienced people in the team all the way through to the senior leaders. We're trying to get rid of that hierarchy for three hours. And music yeah. does have the ability to do that because everyone, well, most people love music, but most people have very specific tastes. So um, it's that's always fun trying to, you know, the um, a nice example, you know, the boss who's a big fan of Madonna and the younger employee who's a big fan of Lady Gaga who are basically very similar artists from different generations so there's a there's a there's a connection there so trying to find those those examples where there's no higher or lower uh we're all on the same field for the most part everyone in the room isn't a musician or a songwriter so we're not you know so no one's going to hopefully dominate yeah and i think whatever opens a window into our private lives and music is a very easy one where suddenly the boss who listens to Madonna, mm. we we get this opportunity to just imagine them as a private, normal human being. Exactly. Well, the first thing we do in our sessions is actually, as an icebreaker, is ask everyone to share with the people next to them the first concert they ever attended. Ooh. Which is fun because, A, pretty much everyone can answer it, and B... We talk about the science at the start and we're not even listening to music yet. We're talking about music and the room just erupts. So I say, right, you've got three minutes, go. And the room just gets so loud with laughter. Yes, and because we were young and it was... Yeah, and so music and memory. Yes. And that's a cool thing. So we haven't even started using music as a, you know, to do all those amazing things. We're just talking about music and already the oxytocin's pumping and the brains are all going off and everyone's got a smile on their face and sort of ask people to put their hand up and give who's got a good one and someone always saw Queen and someone always saw Prince and someone, yeah, and it, and there's just this all of a sudden, we haven't even started writing a song yet and the room is buzzing. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. All the, yeah, the beautiful memories of being young, of yep. the first concert, mm -hmm. of, yeah. Yeah. And, and Beautiful. Yeah, and th they're all things we try and dive deeper into if we can, depending on the length of the session or the outcomes. But yeah, what was the first song when you first got your first ever drove a car on your own? When you first got your license and you were allowed to use it on your own. And, you know, for me, it would have probably been like Brian Adams and stuff like that. And, you know, silly things. First first song that you told a girl was, you know, your song, your, your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend mm. or your partner. You had everyone had a song or songs on the playlists. and First kiss. First kiss. Oh, brings me yeah. up. It's, it's always like, yeah, talking about it right now is making me think of that kind of stuff. So, it's, yeah. So, Beautiful. Yeah, it's all about level playing field. It's all about getting people, like you said, so all of a sudden you're picturing your boss at a Van Halen concert in the 80s and, you know, hey, that, man, they used to 
rock and party just as like you did. And that's, yeah. that's cool. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for providing us a glimpse into your Not work. at all. Thank you for having me. Thank really you. This. Yes. And I'll put all the links in the show notes so Sounds that good. everyone can find you and find Song Division. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for staying tuned and for listening until the very end. I hope that you found the inspiration and the wisdom that you are looking for. And I hope that you will subscribe to the show so that you never miss any of the interviews with another inspiring facilitator from across the world. I am devoted to continue this podcast and to deliver weekly an episode that maintains the quality that you expect and you deserve. And if you would like to help me to maintain this quality and to keep the podcast free, please help us visit workshops.work slash support to make a small donation to keep the podcast free. Thank you so much. I hope to be in your ears next week.